0: Hello everybody and welcome to Cabaret Secrets. This is Gary Williams and I'm joined by Chris Peters today who's going to talk to us about sound, how to get the best out of working with sound engineers and when we're working with with different bands and in different theatres. Chris, welcome to Cabaret Secrets. Tell me uh, how long you've been doing this for? Professional touring 23 years. You must have worked with a lot of different bands and singers and setups over the years. Yeah, I've worked with everybody from small theatre acts doing the Mikado and Bath Theatre Royal to stadium tours with Robbie Williams. A wide range of different sounds and different artists. What's your, would you say that you've got an area of expertise or something that you, you like doing best?
1: Um, the area where I, I sort of specialised in was PA design, designing big stadium, arena sound systems, and when I designed the surround sound for Roger Waters at the O2. So you know, that's kind of my main area. Um, The reason I'm back here on the Queen Elizabeth is I want to actually do some mixing on the desk and The sort of career at the path I was taking was taking me away from that So I just wanted to come back and do you know mix mix some music again So tell me some of the artists that you've worked with over the years. Oh, everyone asks this Um, (laughs) Name drop Alicia Keys Robbie Williams Kylie Minogue Jamiroquai Tony Bennett
0: um, oh, God, don't keep asking me. Okay? You mentioned it to me the other day one of my favourites, Burt Baccarat.
1: Yeah, I, do, I was lucky enough to um, do one show at the Albert Hall that involved two weeks' rehearsals. I had 33 guest artists... It was just an amazing night to meet Bert Bacharach, Hal David, mm-hmm. you know. So
0: well, not just to meet them, but to work with them, right? To work, yeah,
1: absolutely. To work with them as well was um, absolutely stunning, you
0: know. And th- I mean, working with such a wide range of sounds as well. I mean, that must, you know. Sometimes I'm doing corporate events on land, and and the, you know the event, the, the sound companies put in is provided. I've never met the guys before, and it seems sometimes we seem to be struggling to get the sound right, and then it transpires that they've never really done sound. For for sort of a, a jazz ensemble before or a big band. They're used to doing sort of big rock and roll things. I mean, does, does that really make a difference, the approach and what yes. people get used to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The approach is, you know, if, if you're doing, certainly with corporate events, I know it can be very difficult because corporate companies, like you say, aren't geared up to doing live sound. They don't have the correct speakers. They don't have the experience within their team to do that. Um, so when you, you're approach a situation like that you've really got to put in what they call a technical rider and say look i need these minimum requirements which might be a pa of a certain size and a mixing desk of a certain type so that you can you know mic up all the band make sure you've got a nice microphone if you're singing you know and these things you you need to make sure if you're doing a corporate event or any show that you put in a technical rider that says i need the minimum this is the minimum i need now Sometimes to get to that point where you know what your minimum is, might take you a few shows and you might have a few disasters en route, yeah. where you think now the sound wasn't good enough there. But once you've done a few shows, you yeah. think, well, I actually, when I did it last time, it was fine. You know, and even it might be as simple as take a photograph of the PA, and think, well, I need something of this size. You know, it was 2,000 people you know, take photographs of, of, the, of the equipment, then...
0: So if, I, if I'm doing, a, let's say, a, a wedding, I'm seeing at somebody's wedding in a marquee, let's, just to give you an idea of the size, there might be, say, 400 yeah. people there, right. just to give you an idea of the size of the room, what would a technical rider look like? What would a simple technical rider look like? And how much detail would there be in it for something like that? Well, a technical rider,
1: it can be simply, simply stated. I, the best way to do it, people used to go, oh, it, I need a 10 kilowatt or 10,000 kilowatt PA. That means nothing anymore. What you're looking for is, okay, I've got 400 people, I would like at the back of the room for an SBL sound pressure level of 94 decibels, say, which is not too loud, it's it's a pleasant enough volume. So you, you might want to include something like that in a technical rider, because it, it states the PA must be efficient enough to punch the sound
0: to the back of the room. And that would dictate the, the number of speakers, the type of speakers that they're going to bring? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Mm, that but sounds it, pretty it, straightforward. But, it,
0: but you actually put it in, once a PA
1: company hear you talk in these terms, ah, we've got somebody who's serious here.
0: Mm.
1: You know, um, If it was a heavy metal gig, you might state it needs to be 120 decibels mm. at the back mm. of the room. But it depends what type of act you are and what sort of music you're doing. So you know, stating that makes them believe you're serious. That mm. they're, they're not going to... I mean, a lot of sound companies, especially smaller ones, they're doing a, a corporate show or a, a wedding or they might not have enough speakers to do it. And they don't want to hire in any more speakers because that's their profit going. Mm, mm, mm. But if you're clear as an artist, I need this, then, you know, you can only, you can
0: then expect expect something better. If it's in that kind of environment or even on a ship, do you expect the artists, the singers, to bring their own microphones or, or not? Generally, no. I mean,
1: if you're, if you're a singer, I think it's a good idea to have your own... Uh, microphone. Obviously we use radio mics on the ship here, so we could then, you'd have to have the same type of radio mic systems that we use on the ship. If you're using a wired mic, definitely take your own microphone because it's more hygienic, and you know, you can select the mic that you've, you personally like. Does it make a big
0: difference yeah. to the sound?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mic, so s- mic selection is really important.
0: Oh. So, for the kind of stuff that I do, sort of easy listening, swing kind of stuff, what kind of microphone should I be looking at?
1: I would say something like we've been using here is like the Sennheiser capsules, anything with a Sennheiser name on it. They've just got a lovely sparkle in the top end and they're nice and warm. And you can afford to take the microphone away from your mouth, you know, by varying the dynamics. Certain mics like SM58s, which are um, become big, at one point, were an industry standard. Um, a lot of people move them away from their mic and they, they lose all the low end response. The from mic. the
0: mouth when they're yeah. singing, they're sort of c- yeah. trying to control yeah. it themselves. So, your voices tend to be better with that control. You can pull
1: them away from your mouth when you're hitting the high notes or, or singing louder. With the 58, you tend to lose that low end and it, then the voice sounds very thin and reedy.
0: People used to talk to me about microphone technique and I didn't really know what they meant because I'd never been taught it yeah. uh, but, I mean I've, whatever I do I've been doing for years and nobody says anything I used to ask sound guys about it I'd say you know am I doing it what, was whatever I'm doing alright for you am I moving the mic away too much and so on I, I guess that wh- when I'm belting out bigger notes that I tend to move the mic down a little bit and yeah. when I'm singing yeah. quite put it closer but I know at the same time uh, I assume that you are checking the levels throughout the show and, and I mean is it in an ideal world, should you not have to touch the level of the vocal at all during a show? Should I be controlling that myself? Um, I think when you did your show the other night, the levels were fine. I didn't have to...
1: Sometimes, if you've, somebody's got a bad vocal technique, you can end up chasing the vocal all night. You know, you're almost doing the inverse of what they're doing. Yeah. Now, I didn't find that with yourself. You can put something called compression on the voice, which too much of that, and it's going to destroy the sound. But it is a very quick way of being able to grab a level sometimes you can't react quick enough what do you mean when you say compression for people that don't know compression is um, a way of limiting the dynamic range of the voice stop it getting too loud stop it getting too loud (laughs) and also you can expand it as well so if it's too quiet it will all right but too much use of that will affect the sound of the voice and it certainly affects more the high-end sound but you can use that in conjunction with a good vocal technique just a mild compression just so anything that i'm not quick enough to react to on the console it will do it for me To a certain degree.
0: Yeah. So, a good vocal technique. Is it it just as as common sense as just that? If you're belting out a big note, you move it down a little bit. Because I've got this vision in my mind, and I never wanted to be one of these sort of old club singers, you know. And you see, they belt out a big note, and they've got suddenly got the microphone right down by their side. You know, it's miles away from their mouth. And so, I suppose it's got to be used carefully, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough. I did a Simply Red tour, and Mick Hucknall. If you watch him on a video or on stage, he holds his mic literally on his belly button for the whole time. Pretty much. Mm. Occasionally comes a bit closer, but it's it's very long. And I don't know how he mu- is the the only person I've seen who can who can do that, and it sounds
0: amazing. So I mean, there's not much technique going on there, then. presumably, no, if he no, just stays it there he's, the whole time.
1: It's co- kind of on his chest or then lower down. Ah. It, he is moving it with the dynamic of his voice, but right. it, for some reason it sounds amazing. Because when I when I first saw it. I thought, this is not going to work.
0: Yeah.
1: No way this is going to work, and it does.
0: Isn't there something about if you keep the mouth, uh, if you keep the microphone close to your mouth that it has a more of a bass, more of a yeah, deeper resonance? Yeah.
1: A lot of microphones rely on what's called proximity effect, which is the mic on the lips. The SM58 was designed to be used that way. But you will get more low-end the closer it is to your mouth. It's just mm-hmm. a simple fact.
0: And that's sort of a warmer sound. So if yeah. you're singing a nice ballad yeah. and you want it to sound yeah. warm, you put it very, very yeah. close. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's important for a singer to be consistent so that you know when you sound check you do the same things so that the engineer then can get a feel for what you're doing and if you know maybe sometimes you hold it a little too close and it gets too boomy or too too much of a bass response and then we can just quickly correct that that's yeah, not a problem yeah. the important thing with singers is consistency you know and I find with a lot of singers they'll sound check and then come showtime the level is very different it's yeah. just singers saving their voices you yeah, know yeah. but that to at least, when you do a sound check, give the engineer an idea of your show level or what you're going to sing like. Yeah. And I would prefer when you know, if, if a if singer wants to save his voice, then top and tell them. Mm. That's a really good way, so you, you can then get the feel of how the the show in the so just at the beginning and work. the
0: ends of uh, yeah. a few
1: songs. Ab- absolutely. So you,
0: you get an idea of the dynamic of the band and the dynamic of the vocal within that thank you for listening to this cabaret secrets podcast if you've got any comments or questions please visit cabaretsecrets.com where you'll also find details of the cabaret secrets book an indispensable guide on how to create your own show travel the world and get paid to do what you love